Hello and welcome back to Beyond Boards, a podcast dedicated to the actions and interests of skaters beyond skateboarding. My guest today, Atita Verghese, grew up in Bangalore, India, where she started skating in 2013 at the age of 19. Shortly after, she met with the good people of NGO Make Life Skate Life and learned how to build skate spots. In 2015, she founded Girl Skate India, an organization which teaches girls how to skate, promotes gender equality, and brings together skateboarders in India through workshops. Throughout the years, Atita has slowly but surely become a powerful and inspiring figure for skateboarding in India. I had the opportunity to sit down with her for a nice chat late March 2023 to discuss her life and ongoing projects. So here's my conversation with Atita. I hope you'll enjoy it. taking a bit of time to chat with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me again. My pleasure, my pleasure. So I usually start my interviews with the same question with everybody and just ask them how they started skating, basically. But before you tell me about skateboarding, I wanted to ask you maybe about your upbringing because um, I read some interviews that you did in the last few years and I saw that you grew up in Bangalore, if I'm not mistaken. But I think you don't live there anymore. I think you're in Goa right now, aren't you? Or around there? Yeah, so yeah, I kind of, I did grow up in Bangalore and I spent most of my life there and um, actually before, right before the pandemic, I came to Goa and then I kind of got stuck in Goa because of the lockdown and then I just like sort of ended up making it my home and staying here. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I live here now and um, I'm trying to do the same things that I am in Bangalore, but I... But like over here, I can do other things also. Like I'm by the coast, so it's nice and sunny and and I can surf here as well. So And uh, so I read also in these interviews that you gave a few years back that your mom was a very strong, like independent woman who used to wear Western style clothes at a time where it was not, you know, widely accepted. And basically that she kind of that you picked that from her, you know, like being independent and wanting to create your own lane and not necessarily do what other people tell you to do. So I just wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, like your upbringing and and how your mom maybe influenced you in, in your early days. Yeah, um, so basically my mom, she was like my biggest inspiration growing up, honestly, because she doesn't really, you know, do it anything unless she wants to do it. And she sort of lived her life on her terms. And like, I can really appreciate that about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she grew up in a small village before she moved to Bangalore. And like, she kind of grew up in a very traditional family. And like, they like, you know, got her married quite young, pulled her out of like college. And and then like her mom passed as well. So she just kind of ran away from them and moved to Bangalore by herself. And like, you know, started her life there Mm -hmm. and lived according to how she wanted to live, you know. And like, yeah, it was like a huge inspiration and like I definitely growing up I definitely saw that in her you know and it was my normal and I feel like yeah even before my mom did all of that my grandma used to be quite open-minded and like different in her thinking Mm -hmm. 
she had to you know sleep and like do everything in her whole day and in her sari and you know she didn't want her daughter to like grow up in the same way so she kind of tried to change things like with my mom so it started with my grandmom actually okay yeah and in that village there weren't really like so many people that were wearing like western style outfits or like you know more covered up and things like that a little bit more reserved and traditional my mom used to like you know get clothes stitched for her like looking at like all these european fashion magazines and things like that so she used to get all these like clothes like tailor made like it was in the magazines and just like you know she she had a passion for fashion so yeah Yeah, so that kind of like definitely tickled down to me and I thank my grandmom for like starting the breaking of the chain. Yeah, the yeah, cycles. yeah. I read also that unfortunately she was attacked by some people with like uh, acid or something, but I think she was okay though. She wasn't like burnt or or not too bad at least. Uh but yeah, what would happen like were they like just pissed off by her wearing these clothes and they were just uh, it was just too bothering for them for some reason or what happened? Yeah, I mean people anywhere are like kind of scared of change, you know, and like back in the villages it's quiet. It's still very traditional and still very difficult, rigid to sort of like break that mold, you know, like in the sure. cities like it's so much easier to do that because it's like a metropolitan place and like you have people from all around and mm-hmm. like there's more more anonymity and it's like, you know, there's so many people and there's like yeah, so it's a different thing, but in the village like people used to talk talk about her and like how she used to dress and like you know things like this in a negative way and my grandma and her used to sort of like just try to ignore all those comments and do what they were doing anyway yeah but yeah i guess at some point that pissed the village off a little bit or like few people in the village so like she kind of got attacked when she went to a fair one time okay but luckily nothing touched her skin so she just had like this huge hole in her in her skirt but like it wasn't anything that touched her skin luckily yeah she could have been like badly injured and yeah that's terrible yeah actually it's quite a common thing in india like acid attacks wow Yeah, like if you don't do what is according to the society over here like sometimes oh yeah, just like hate crimes and stuff like where like lots of women actually are like victims to acid attacks and they just like mostly on the face it's quite gruesome actually but mm. like yeah there there's lots of these cases unfortunately because it's so easy to just get it over the counter you know this chemical Mhm yeah Well, yeah, thank God she was okay, but yeah, that must have been uh, pretty traumatic for her and and also for you. And I think you have a sister as well, right? Yeah, I have a sibling. I have one older sister. But yeah, it's horrible because you know, like even even the fact that she like you know ran away from the village and she didn't stay married to that guy. They just married her off to, and like when they pulled her out of college and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like they kind of disowned her for like running away from that situation, moving to Bangalore. So like yeah, they kind of just said you're not our family anymore, and like you're on your own, you know. Yeah. So. Damn. That's the consequence she had to face I guess for trying to be different and do things differently. Going on her own path. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, I was wondering if you could tell me about your first encounter with skateboarding. I read that you started skating at 19 about 10 years ago. How did it all happen? Well, so actually I had a like a kind of like had a skateboard already when I was a kid. Mhm. 
my sister and I kind of shared one and it wasn't really a skateboard it was just like this really like strange shape and like it's really tiny and the trucks are super tiny and like you can't really do much on it like it's kind of like a toy skateboard in a way but we used to just like go down the hill bum oh bum uh, hills bum ride it yeah exactly yeah and do stuff like that then i think the first time i actually saw skateboarding was probably in cartoons like the simpsons and rocket power and Mm -hmm. and then i think the next time was yeah i mean so i have family in canada and they they like flew me over when i was a kid to like meet them because it's been like a long time since we've seen each other and um i think i've seen it like some people at a skate park but then but it didn't really register in my head you know like it was just like oh cool you know and like i just went by it like i think i just drove past the skate park one time and i was like oh cool but it didn't really register you know and then yeah the first time i actually got properly exposed to it was when my friend abhishek who started holy stoke collective oh yes so he actually like used to come and hang out with me and like with his skateboard like before he would go skate mm-hmm. and I used to be really curious like what is this thing and what do you do with it where do you even go with it you know like because I didn't even know we had a skate park or anything at, at that point. Okay. Yeah, so he took me one day and I was just mind blown. I didn't even realize we had like such a sick kind of, you know, thing in my city. And I was like, okay, I tried it out for the first time and I was just hooked immediately and i was like okay i'm gonna come back tomorrow (laughs) and then i just kept doing that and yeah 10 years later still doing it yeah that's amazing yeah so this guy abhishek he founded the holy stoked uh it's a skate shop right in bangalore yeah, so they run a skate park, which is free for everybody to use. It's called the Cave Skate Park in Bangalore. And they also have a shop in the skate park where they sell gear and equipment. And they also do classes. Mm-hmm. And he also runs another company called um, 100 Ramps with another friend of mine called The Raya's. Mm-hmm. So yeah, both of them together do that and they build skate parks around the country and like some outside as well. Okay. So yeah, he's definitely a pioneer and like one of the first generation skaters of India. And yeah, were you kind of welcomed in the little skate community that was, you know, developing at that time? Being a girl, was it like easy? Were they welcoming and were they treating you just like anybody else? Or was it, did you feel like you were treated differently? Or was it difficult at any point to be a girl skater? Or was it easy from the get-go? So, yeah, I mean, I think like it's a bit of both, you know, like I don't want to paint the pictures one or the other because it was a mixture of like both being also welcomed and accepted. But then also I had to fight a lot and like prove myself a lot in other ways because Mm -hmm. they weren't quite, you know, sure what my motive was. And I guess it's also like in the beginning, I used to look at it as like a really negative thing because it felt really hard to go through through all of that especially at that age but now I'm starting to like see it from a more mature perspective and I see that like you know it might not have been really easy for them also to sort of wrap their heads around having a girl in this space because they're just not used to it yeah you know and it was a whole new thing for them as well, as well as for me, you know. And, like, I guess it wasn't easy for them to navigate having a girl in that space and, like, all that it comes with. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, definitely wasn't easy. Like I definitely had to prove myself in many ways, and I got you know comments like, "Oh, she's not coming for you know skateboarding, but she's coming for boys." And, oh yeah, you yeah. know, like, and I heard that that's also a thing in the West. You know, when I spoke to other girl skaters later on in life. But yeah, I mean, I just used to get welcomed. But then also like there used to be also like another ulterior motive. It's not just like oh let's have this girl on our skate crew but like you know maybe just like getting approached in other ways you know like maybe yeah. like them having a crush on me or like you know just trying to approach me in like in that way and you know just like having to deal with all of that and like and also like some people don't take rejection really well so it just like mm-hmm. yeah it comes out in all these other ways and you can't really put your finger on it and say like yeah this is happening to me now because I'm a girl but it's also super obvious you know at the same mm-hmm. time so a question that's linked to that is is were there other girl skaters at that time around you or were you pretty much the only one and eventually you you met with other girl skaters of course but like when you really started were there other girls around that were skating or not that much I mean I can't remember like in the beginning when I just started I don't think there was anybody then mm-hmm. but I think maybe like shortly after that there were like two girls that used to skate actually and they were like working on like kick turns and you know like all getting all the basics like pumping and sure. things like that but then I think they just stopped after a while and they just stopped coming like when I was just there by myself I guess mm-hmm. but I didn't really like think anything about it because I kind of felt comfortable <laughs> in that space since I was already the girl who used to hang out with the guys mostly okay and not because of any other reason but the fact that the guys were just doing the things that I also wanted to do you know so I would just go and join them because I wanted to do those things as well so yeah yeah inevitably ended up being that I was kind of the only girl like wherever in all those spaces I would go to and yeah so I just uh, had those interests I guess and it came to me only later you know because I was still like figuring out myself and like you know figuring out what I like my style and like you know just I was just so enamored by this whole skate culture and like just um having that community was like so radical for me yeah, at that yeah. time especially it was exactly what I was looking for you know so and so how did your like uh, you know your mom and your sister and your family overall your friends how did people around you react to you skating at that time were they like surprised supportive or were they you know were they not stoked on it were they kind of telling you not to do it because it's maybe not a kind of respectable thing to do or were people supportive of it People are really supportive of it, actually. Like, especially my mom. Mm-hmm. My family is super supportive. Like, my mother, she would ask me, you know, like, oh, you're not going for skateboarding today? And, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> she just, like, check in on me, like, if I'm going to go skate or not. And if I'm not, then she'll be like, oh, how come you're not going skating today? Like, mm. you know, so it was just from the beginning. My mom has always been a very supportive person when it comes to like anything to do with sports. So she used to like take me, even though she didn't really have much, you know, she didn't have any surplus. And like, in fact, she was struggling quite a lot with money and stuff. But still, she would like take me to, you know, go train for athletics and stuff. So I trained in the athletics for like four years. Oh, and, okay. Like, I 
played all sport basically like in school i played every single sport for my school represented my school for every every sport and just like yeah just a lot of active stuff i used to be very active like my whole life so that gave me like a great base in a way yeah. to start off with so when i started like skateboarding and like all these other things like i kind of already had the sort of you know strength and like stamina and like athleticism that you kind of need to like excel in it sure so that way i'm really lucky and fortunate that i had a mom who was like you know and even though i i actually hated her for it when i was young cuz it's not something you know you want to do in the fourth grade you don't want to wake up at like 4 in the morning when it's still dark and like you know get ready and then spend like so much time traveling all the way there and then spend a few hours at the I like the athletics part of it cuz I like being active and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was a lot cuz I used to go before school and I used to go after school as well. I was used to come back home exhausted, sometimes not even being able to do homework and stuff because I'd just be so exhausted. But luckily I had a very supportive school as well and they knew that I was like training so hard. So they kind of gave me like a little leeway here and there when it came to like not doing homework or coming a little late to school. so that way i was super lucky mm-hmm. that they kind of understood and supported that yeah 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 a lot of girls i feel also like in india like you know are still like they don't have the opportunity to go and do all these things and like strengthen their body from such a young age mm-hmm. so like when they do finally find skateboarding and even though they love it so much like it's a little bit difficult sometimes to like excel at, at it because it's just like yeah you need a little bit of that base like whatever strength discipline or yes or, or yeah even just strength yeah. as you said yeah for sure yeah And so I was wondering like how difficult was it to you know access skateboarding gear at that time in Bangalore in 2013 you said uh, Abhishek had uh, started Holy Stoke so he was probably distributing like selling some boards and equipment and stuff but uh were you able to you know have your own board fairly easily and uh like um if you would break a board could you like buy one easily like how easy was it to access skateboarding gear at that time I mean honestly like the first time I saw a skateboard I was like wow what is this thing <laughs> like it looked super fancy at that time cuz I was like you know cuz you don't you don't get stuff like this over here so it was just like wow what is this you know yeah, yeah. And I remember, like shortly after I started skating, uh, I used to borrow people's boards in the beginning. But then eventually, um, Holy Stoke like started importing equipment, and I think their first shipment was like about seven boards they got, like seven setups. Okay. Yeah, and it was that was it, you know, like the first shipment yeah, of like yeah. equipment for the whole country, seven wow. boards. Like. <laughs> Damn, that's not a lot. Yeah. No, so definitely like definitely not going to get a replacement if you break your board, but at that time I was in skating on a level where, you know, yeah, you were jumping big gaps or yeah. Exactly. So very difficult, very difficult to get equipment then. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And so it's kind of linked to that but like um were you able to you know see skateboarding from other countries like uh, do you remember if you got to see videos or maybe magazines at that time when you were first getting started and if if you did like do you remember what video or what magazine kind of caught your interest at that time 
I mean, I remember, like, in the beginning watching the Z-Boys and just thinking, like, wow, like, this is so cool. And it, like, kind of, in a way, like, could relate to it, in a way, because it was, like, also so new over here and, like, you know, also just, like, one crew of people and, like, one girl on it. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, like, that was, I think, one of the first videos that's coming to my head, like, when you asked me that. Okay. I remember sitting in like one of my friends, Somana, uh, he also partly owns Holy Stoked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember sitting in his like small apartment at that time and all of us cramped up and just like looking at the screen and watching that. I'm sure we watched a bunch of other videos as well. I just can't really remember anything else but that one. And then like magazines, the first skate magazine I ever like touched was the Confusion magazine. Oh, okay. Yeah. That rings a bell, but I, I'm not too sure. Was that a, an American one or English? I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, so it's actually, like, run by Jonathan Hay. He's from America, but I think he lives in Spain. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, the last time I spoke to him, he was in Spain. I haven't spoken to him in a while, but, yeah. It's a European magazine, I would say. European, Confusion. okay. It, yeah, it's more famous in Europe. Mm-hmm. So when these, when this fire and when the Make Life Skate Life guys, yeah, basically when the Make Life Skate Life, like a project happened in Bangalore where they build the first free public skate park. Right. Yes. Yeah. So when this happened, uh, like a bunch of builders came from Europe and like around as well, Australia, America, but like most of them are from Europe and... Mm-hmm. I remember holding that Confusion magazine and just looking at it with so much awe, like, wow, like, <laughs> this is so cool. And, like, yeah, I just loved all the artwork and, like, the whole, like, aesthetic of it and, like, everything was just so rad. And I was like, and, yeah, I mean, I finally, like, I got to be in that magazine also, which was just, like, one of my highlights for sure. Yeah, that's amazing. And yeah, you just mentioned the Make Life Skate Life guys who came to Bangalore. That was pretty much as you were getting started or maybe a year or two after, I believe. And so how was that experience of, uh, you know, meeting with them and getting to participate in building skate parks? Like that must have been also a very interesting experience. Yeah, definitely. I mean, actually, they came a little less than a year. I would say like six months after I started skating. Maybe. Okay. So, yeah, it was just in Insane. like we learned so much that was all of our first introduction to like building a skate park mm-hmm. and from there you know there's like 100 ramps now and you know like i've also been a part of like several build projects around so it's kind of like our base where we learned how to build and where we learned how to like create a space and bring community together and like work together and like yeah it was just it was insane Do you know how many like skate parks or skate spots you've uh, participated in building throughout India so far? I think that should be, I don't know, in total, maybe I haven't actually counted, to be honest. But I would say around 10. Okay, cool. And is it like all over the country or is it mostly in a few cities? Uh... Some cities and then like some villages and like, yeah, all over, I would say. Mm-hmm. And some outside as well, like when I've gone traveling and things like that. 
So tell me about like starting Girl Skate India because I believe that was not too long afterwards. So from what I understood, it's an initiative that uh, teaches girls how to skate and it also promotes like gender equality. And the whole purpose is to bring like skaters together in India through workshops and like skate sessions. But uh, yeah, could you tell me about like starting that and what was the idea that started it all? And were you inspired by maybe other initiatives overseas that uh, caught your interest? Yeah, so initially, like, initially I was kind of the only girl skater around for, like, the longest time. Mm. And um, I was at Kovalam Skate Club, which is, like, a branch off of the NGO called CISP, Sebastian India Social Projects. I met, so there was Lisa and Luisa. Oh, yes. Yeah, so Lisa Jacob from France and Luisa Menke from Holland, and they were traveling in India just by themselves. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine who I met at the build, the Make Life Skate Life build in Bangalore, he had come, Troy Roberts, he had come to film the whole build. They got in touch with him since they knew he was in India recently, and then he put them in touch with me, and they came over. They were already in Kerala in the same state as me at that point. So I was like, you know, I'm building this skate park here at the school why don't you guys come over and like you know we could use some hands and it'd be a sick way to meet you and they were like oh hell yes and they were super down mm. so they came over and yeah so just like when we were spending time there we would just see like you know how it was like you know with the boys and how it was with the girls and we were like okay we need to do something about this because yeah india is still a very patriarchal country yeah Yeah, so then we kind of did like the first girl skate workshop ever right after that build finished. And then we like we made a little workshop and the three of us just sort of like tried to get more girls involved because they were like a bit shy and reserved and like, you know, mm. not as like responsive as the boys were. So we were like, you know, maybe we need to dedicate a space for them and like, you sure. Know, It kind of worked, actually, because there were, like, lots of girls that were happy about that, and they came forward, and some of the teachers also did, and that was, like, really cool. That was, yeah, the first workshop, I guess, that was done. And then from there on, I just realized, you know, that I can't stop here, mm -hmm. because the girls kind of need that extra push, and they need that little extra, you know, attention, and, like, a little bit more, like, importance, and, like, you know, given to them. Yeah. So yeah, so after that, I just, I was like, you know, they're talking to Lisa and Louisa about this whole thing. And they were like, you know, maybe we need to start some kind of like thing, you know, and like, you need to start something with it. And mm -hmm. I was thinking like, yeah, like maybe I should. And then eventually I just like started, you know, like looking online and things like that. And yeah, I found like all these Girl Skate Network and, oh, yeah. you know. Girls Skate UK, there was like a Girls oh, There yeah, was a yeah. Girls Skate Australia also at that point, but I don't think they're very active at the moment. I'm not sure. But yeah, I found all these things and like also like when I started doing things like this, you know, I I started realizing more and more that and nobody else is gonna do it because like whatever I want to see happen, like I kind of have to do it myself, you know. Mm. And then I found like this text from Kristen Ebling from yeah, yeah, Skate yeah. Like a Girl. And she wrote something about the boys club. And that resonated so much with me because I was like, wow, this is exactly how I feel as well. And she's just put it into words like perfectly. Uh-huh. 
yeah and so i just kind of like you know i used to just like get motivation from knowing there are other women and girls skaters out there that are like going through exactly the same thing you know but maybe in a different way or like different context but it's the same thing in the end you know sure so it kind of gave me a lot of strength to like keep doing what i was doing cuz i just wanted i just wanted more of us and like more of me around and mm-hmm. i tried my best yeah so i used to do like try to do more workshops and like organize tours and like try to get more girls skaters who are like you know like good skateboarders who can like you know rip and like inspire people and like you know cuz i i really feel like especially coming from a place like like india where it's such a new thing over here mm-hmm. i've seen how you know you kind of need to have that someone who's going to be ripping the park for just a regular person to stop and stare and then just be like wow what is that you know mm. and that's when they get intrigued and they come and approach you and then they're like oh what is this can i try you know yeah and then you know they'll ask you for classes or like whatever so it just happens kind of like that so so people don't really know like otherwise they don't have any interest in it unless you know you wow them like in a way because like you know for the longest time like i was the level because there was nobody else. Else, you know? yeah yeah so i was like the level and i was like you know i need to have more people to inspire me as well as like you know all the other girls here and like you know show them what's possible so i, I had this idea to make a tour and like right. get a bunch of girls to come to india and then we go on like a mission to like you know sort of spread awareness and like show people that like women can also skateboard because i was like getting really frustrated like in many parts of my journey because i was like you know not only having to deal with the fact that it is a difficult thing to do you know it is a huge task to take on to try and get more girls to skateboard in india for sure you know yeah so i would get frustrated but like yeah i don't know these kind of things kept me going cuz it was just so like refueling to like be around all these women and go on a skate trip with them and just share space share music share stories you know and like share tricks whatever just like mhm is so powerful and like you know at that time like there weren't really like so many local girls involved you know also like getting comments from the outside you know like from guys mm-hmm. like i used to get like you know all these kind of comments like you're not doing enough to bring more girls into skateboarding and you know like all of this and i just remember like at one point thinking like hello like this isn't even my job yeah. like oh, i don't understand how you all like expect me to do this like i'm trying my best and like i can only do so much by myself you know sure what are they doing to get more girls into skating uh, yeah exactly so <laughs> i was just like so frustrated with like hearing all these things mm But yeah, I mean, just having all these girls around like made so much of a difference. Even though if it was just like one week, you know, we would one week to ten days we went on these tours. But like, it just gave me so much like motivation. And then we made a video on it. And yeah. Like, you know, then. Yeah, I saw it. It was on this tour that was in 2015, right? With uh, a bunch of girls from all over, from like nine different countries or something. Yeah, exactly. So we made a video on it and then we just like, you know, randomly decided to just premiere it in each of our cities and it ended up being a really great thing actually and like we got great feedback and yeah, it just like sort of took off. Then I did a second one as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, but there's no video on it unfortunately, only pictures. Oh, okay. 
When was the second trip you did? Was that uh, recently or was that uh, shortly after that first trip in 2015? I think that was like two years after. Okay. So I think... 2017. Oh my gosh, I'm so bad with this. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> no worries. No, but that must have been a fun experience to travel around India with all these women skaters from all over and to like talk with them and skate with them and, and you know, build spots and have skate lessons and everything. It must have been for all of you, but also for all the people, all the young girls that attended the sessions. I'm sure it must have uh, planted a lot of seeds and probably a lot of people, you know, started skating after meeting with all of you. It must have been a very inspiring thing to witness. I mean, I hope so. Like, I can only hope so, you know. I mm -hmm. try my best, but... So, I just wanted to quote you from this interview that you gave about two years ago. You said something that I thought was interesting, and I wanted to ask you to maybe develop a bit on it. But you said that um, in Bangalore, parents send their girls to skate parks easily, but they may not want them to stay outside for long hours. And without practice, they can't make progress in the sport. On the other hand, in January, we had to go door to door to convince, actually beg the parents to send their girls to the skate park, which is just down the road in their own village. I thought that was interesting, like the contrast between those two situations, but that basically all that says is that it's very challenging for young children and probably even more for young girls to start skating in India. And so I was wondering if has that kind of become easier today compared to when you started 10 years ago, or do you feel like it's not changed all that much? Oh, I think it's changed a lot since I started because now there are so many more skate parks. Mm -hmm. Although being such a large country with such a large population, the amount of skate parks we have and skate spots just in general we have is like, it's so, so, so small compared to like how big the country is. So it's still very inaccessible. Mm. And the few skate parks that do exist are like quite expensive mm -hmm. to use because you have to pay to use it per hour there are no like government facilities that you know they give it for free where you can just use the space for free so yeah even that even affects a lot of my work that i do with girls skate india because we don't have any free to use public skate spaces where i can just you know say oh i want to do a regular weekly like sort of you know workshop sessions mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. like I can't even do that because I need to rent the skate park and that's not cheap, you know, to rent it all for yourself, mm. to throw an event and like do all these workshops and things like that. And yeah, it's also like not many people can afford to just sort of like leave their whatever they're doing and come and do, you know, free workshops for people. Like it's mm. just not something everybody can do. So in the end, it's like, you know, just me basically organizing all all these things by myself and then like I get lucky sometimes and there are like few people that come and help out like my friends or some of the girl skaters already in Bangalore like luckily have had like a lot of help and support from them you know mm -hmm. to make all these workshops possible and mostly because I used to have uh, vans as my sponsor and they used to just like give me money to sort of do whatever I wanted like in terms of like workshops or like you know mm -hmm. building spots and yeah so that was a huge huge help for me like to be able to do all the things that I did is that over the vans um, like a sponsorship or partnership that you had are you not working with them anymore 
I mean, I hate to say it, but like, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure about this new, because Vans actually in India at least got bought over by a different company. Okay. So the people that I used to work with, we used to have a different relationship completely and we worked together for years. So like we kind of built that relationship to what it was, you know, and it was like a, a really fine working relationship. But then once it got bought over and like the management changed their priorities, priorities also changed and they're not really that committed towards supporting skateboarding and skateboarders unfortunately oh, at okay. the moment yeah that's too bad so like i think they still seed few people some shoes every now and then but i don't know where i stand with them because we haven't had any kind of relationship for the last few years like since before the pandemic since they got bought over basically Okay, so it's this uh, buy-over rather than COVID that uh, kind of uh, impacted the whole relationship? Yeah, because, I mean, I had the relationship also with the new team. Like, they really wanted me to be part of, like, you know, structuring, like, how they would go about supporting the skate scene in India and things like that. But mm -hmm. when I went to Goa and, like, COVID hit and I just got stuck over there and there was nothing to skate over there, I kind of started surfing a bit more than I was skating for that period of time. So, yeah, I kind of, I guess the relationship with them kind of fizzled out as well, but okay yeah i'm hoping to restart something up but yeah they're currently they're like they're not so much focused on trying to support skateboarding unfortunately yeah yeah that's a bummer yeah yeah you did like a little dance piece with uh, lizzie armanto who came to india i believe right Yeah, that was a global campaign. So I was working with Vans uh, US on that. Yeah, that must have been fun to like meet with her and skate with her. And at least in the commercial that I saw it, it looked like it was a, a fun experience. But uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Lizzie's just like, she's somebody I sort of, like I was, when I started skating, I was watching her videos and mm -hmm. like, you know, watching her progress over the years. And then one day, you know, she came all the way to Bangalore to visit me. So it was un unreal a bit, but it was also super cool, you know, and like we had some fun for sure, like with the girls and the workshop and yeah, just talking about like things and yeah, she's, she's super fun. She's a good friend. So I'm jumping to a kind of a, another subject, and that's a bit farther down the road. But I saw that she went to Pushing Borders in Malmo in 2019, like a year before the pandemic. And um, I was just wondering if you could like tell me how much you enjoyed this whole event. And you also participated in a talk over there. It was called Globally Stoked uh, Grassroots Skateboarding. And it was basically a talk with a lot of people that run skate NGOs, basically. Like there was uh, Aram from um, SkatePal, Ruby and Will from free movement in athens there was i don't remember his name but this guy from skatistan in south africa i believe and uh, leila from uh, an ngo in peru i think so yeah i was just wondering like how did you enjoy the whole event and particularly this talk about like skate ngos um pushing borders was one of the best events ever like honestly it was so stimulating like i left from there with so many thoughts and like so much material in my brain that needed like so much time to process everything that was spoken about but it just made me so happy because i was like oh that's really cool that finally like you know people are having these kind of conversations and like we're being open about it we're bringing it to the table we're having these like difficult conversations 
balloons and we're participating in it and like you know all kinds of people so it was just magical i was like really like super happy that it was happening i was like what a time to be alive you know and what to, what a time in skateboarding for like these kind of conversations to take place for sure finally and yeah being on the panel with all these other guys from like all these other organizations was so amazing cuz like i got to hear about their stories and you know like how they grew up and like how things are for them in their countries and mm-hmm. like it was just it was just a great exposure and like made some really good friends and yeah it was really great i would go back and do it all over again <laughs> yeah for sure yeah hopefully there will be more like uh, i i don't know if you met with him when you were in pushing borders but this american pro skater ryan lay just recently did a an event kind of similar to pushing borders in the states in arizona it was called slow impact i believe uh, it was kind of the same format with you know panels and like skate sessions and workshops and stuff like Like that but it was very us uh, centric i don't think there were many like people from outside of the states whereas in pushing borders there were people from all over which i found was an interesting take on it definitely yeah it is a quite interesting take on it because everything you usually see is quite american centric you know so it was nice yeah. to have that space to like you know just talk about like other things as well and like have other perspectives from different parts of the world you know like also be a part of like something like that it was really cool And so actually during the talk uh, you said something that I found was interesting you said I feel like skateboarding is not really seen as something for boys yet in India because it's still very new and nobody really knows what context to put it in I was wondering if if you feel like it's still that way or if uh, it has changed a lot since 2019 when you said that at pushing borders Yeah, I remember saying that actually in the beginning because I was so excited. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Because when I would talk to like um, the volunteers that came from outside India, and you know, they would say things like, "Oh, it's uh, such a male thing in the West," and things like that. I would, I kind of like saw how people here didn't really look at it like it was like a boys' sport or something. Mm-hmm. But just in general, you know, like just being outside, like especially for like people who come from like less progressive, more traditional, underprivileged backgrounds, like just being outside, jumping around, and like you know, being like as a woman, as a girl, being outside is already like it's not seen as like feminine to like be outside in the sun and doing stuff on a skateboard and like mm-hmm. you know things like that. But at the same time, it's not really like looked at as like a boys' sport either because. they don't know what it is yet they're like oh okay yeah which i find interesting because obviously in europe and in the states it's still very much perceived well it's changing of course but it's it used to be very perceived as a male dominated activity or sport whatever you want to call it yeah yeah and i thought that was interesting that in countries like india and i've heard this from other people that you know have started similar initiatives as yours in other countries where skateboarding was not very present yet like for example in afghanistan i think when skateboarding started out there since skateboarding was like pretty much didn't exist there yet it wasn't like uh, considered something just for boys so a lot of girls were starting to skate and were actually getting much better than the boys and i thought that was really interesting and i, I was wondering if uh, like uh, in india it was kind of the same but i, I guess it's uh, obviously very different but yeah 
I mean, it is kind of the same, cause, but we, like, in Skatistan, I remember, like, you know, the girls couldn't ride bicycles or something, but mm. they didn't have that rule with skateboarding because it didn't exist until then, so yeah. that's so cool. But yeah, no, we don't have anything like that, but for example, like, I'll tell you, like, when my mom was a kid, like, in her house, they would buy the boys, she grew up with two brothers, mm-hmm. so they would buy, like, any festival or, like, you know, any celebration or anything. Like where, you know, you want to buy something new for your kids. The boys would get like bicycles and she wouldn't get one. Like even though she wanted one, Mm. she'd get like jewelry or something instead, you know. Mm -hmm. So like it's just not really encouraged for girls to just like play and do physical activities and like things like that. So, you know, even when we were doing classes with the underprivileged girls, like when that Make Life Skate Life Skate Park was built. Mm -hmm. A few of the girls like were coming out and they were like skating and they were doing all this but then you know they would have to leave earlier and they would not be able to come out some days but then their brothers would be there mm-hmm. you know so i would just be like what's happening and the answer you usually get is oh she has to be at home to take care of the younger siblings or she has to be at home to finish all the housework you know because parents are like working outside oh, and yeah. then okay. they they leave their like you know minor girls in charge of all this housework and taking care of the younger siblings and all of that so while they're busy doing that and can't come skateboard their brothers are like enjoying themselves and like going skating and like spending so much time at the park so it's just Mm. like yeah so with skateboarding particularly it's not looked at as like a male thing but just in general being active and having that luxury of time and like being allowed to play outside and do all these things is not afforded to many girls over here yeah yeah unfortunately yeah yeah and so I was wondering, like, if you could tell me what you've been doing in more recent times. I saw that you're, like, giving skateboarding lessons at a, a youth hostel skate park in Goa, I believe. So, yeah, what have you been up to in the last uh, few years? So basically, like, that's a difficult one, actually, because, like, I've not been doing as much as I used to be doing, I guess, because lots of things have changed, and, like, after the pandemic especially, okay, things have just, like, sort of, like, become a lot harder and, like, slowed down for me in terms of, like, putting on all these events and workshops. But I did, I did do, like, a little tour. I did a workshop and a tour recently in December, last December. Mm-hmm in Bangalore I was able to put on a workshop and also go on a little tour because of funding I got from doing an episode with Madars and Skate Tales oh yeah 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 so yeah that was amazing a few girls came to the workshop and these guys had gotten like uh donation gifts and things like that so we could give away mm-hmm. so the girls got some skateboards and some like other kinds of like just equipment and gear and then we went on a little tour to Mysore skated some street spots and that was like incredible because I hadn't even like gotten the chance to meet them like I had met two of them before out of the five six people that was on tour so i met the other ones for the first time and these girls just recently started skating during like pandemic when the pandemic started mm-hmm. so we hadn't really met each other yet so i was just like really excited and like anticipating how it would go and it was just amazing like more than what i could even like imagine you know because i basically saw how they were supporting each other and just like you know being friends with each other going skating together 
together and just like you know doing all these things and like messing around and it was just like amazing to see that they at least have that you know because like that was one of my dreams for myself that I like even started like Girls Kid India for so it was quite special to just be around that presence and just to know that at least the next generation has that you know maybe that sort of what do you say sisterhood or camaraderie or sure yeah so like it was special to see that and even though I haven't like found that yet for myself it was just nice to know that it exists at least for other girls out there you know in the country and they don't have to go through the same stuff maybe that I did and like you know I feel like the younger generation it's more normalized also now to be like a skateboarder in general Mm -hmm. like not just girl or boy but like in general like there's so much more skateboarding and like you know they for them it's more normal so Mm -hmm. It's cool to see that it's happening, you know. It's a little bittersweet because, like, I kind of wanted that for myself. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, you know, at least it's happening. So I'm happy. Yeah, and it's happening thanks to you and people like you who have, you know, put in the effort and the work to spread the word and motivate people and inspire. And so, yeah, you've definitely been a huge contribution in that regard. So you can just be proud of yourself, I guess. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, of course. So I was wondering, like, who are some, like, current Indian skaters that the world should keep an eye on? I know that you're not necessarily super interested in, like, uh, the whole competition side of skating. But uh, are there, like, some skaters around you? Not necessarily people that will, you know, go to the Olympics or to Street League or whatever. But just uh, skaters from India right now that are, you know, killing it and that the world should uh, know about. Are there people that come to mind? I'm actually quite bad with the new generation of skaters, like, to be (laughs) honest. I don't really know so many names. Or are there people, like, around you, not necessarily, like, uh, you know, just friends of yours that uh, you find super, like, talented and that uh, people should check out on Instagram or something? Yeah, I think uh, people should definitely check out Rahul because he's one of my favorite skaters. Like, he's got the best style, like, and I just love watching him skate. And I just love who he is as a person. He's super motivated, super dedicated, Mm -hmm. but, like, also really nice guy, you know. So, yeah, I think people should check out Rahul. His Instagram is Rahul underscore skate, like, S k8 i think yeah okay he's a skater from koblam skate club right so when i met him like he hadn't even started skating yet you know to so just to see how far he's come now is like it's quite cool cool who else and then actually like the girls right now that are killing it like he's also the one other girl from the koblam skate club actually her name is vidya and i think her instagram is vidya skate or something i'm not too sure <laughs> okay Oopsie, pardon me yeah i'll look into it yeah but yeah she's really good she's ripping and she's doing some really gnarly stuff that like even i haven't done yet so yeah i think these two these two are like killing it but yeah there's a lot more as well Mm -hmm. but i think these two yeah you you should check them out i will absolutely then there's like a bunch of skaters from mumbai also like all the girls that are skating in mumbai they're also like you know they're also quite talented and like growing and like they just went to dubai i think recently oh yeah 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 there was an event over there i don't remember for what but yeah 
yeah, like a world skate event or something. Right. So they they went for that. But yeah, it's really like uh, contest skating. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't mind doing it, but it's not really. There's no incentive to do it because even if you win it, there's no prize money in it. There's no equipment that you get. There's like hardly any reason for me to do it in a way. You know? Yeah, and also I I feel like you've uh, come up with you know building spas with organizations like Make Life Skate Life stuff like that. So yeah, probably like contest skating is a uh, kind of a different mentality or approach of skating yeah definitely like when i started skating it was like one thing that i didn't have to compete in and i just felt so free doing that and being in that space that it just kind of like became my thing to not compete in because as i said earlier i was in all these sports and like you know my coaches would just push me so hard so that i can go and compete in all these like big contests and i hated that honestly so mm. When I found skating, I was like, oh, nice, you know. But yeah, it's not really a competitive thing for me. It's just more like an expressional thing. Sure, yeah. But yeah. So what are like some of your upcoming projects? You're giving these skate classes in Goa. Do you have anything else you're working on or what are you up to? Yeah, at the moment, there's like a skate park being built in my neighborhood, actually. So it's quite special because like I've been wanting to live in Goa for some time now. But like the reason like it hasn't been so easy for me to be here is because there's no skate parks or spots or scenes that much. There's a few, but not that much. Mm. So yeah, it's like kind of like a dream come true, like having this spot just in the neighborhood. So I've just been going and helping out like in the evenings and like, you mm -hmm. know, putting in a little little work over there but apart from that I kind of want to do some more tours and workshops and things like that but it's really difficult to do those things without like having any sort of support like you know like how I had backing financially from like my sponsors before to do all these things mm -hmm. yeah without that it's really difficult so I have you know bills to pay and like things like that to take care of and like you know I just can't do like so much for free anymore that's what I've realized yeah. unfortunately I've got to find some kind of way to like mm. yeah yeah keep some time to you know get involved in projects like these but uh, yeah of course as you said you need to make a living and yeah it's it's hard to juggle everything I'm sure Yeah, and it's also very difficult to do, like, first of all, with skateboarding, it's such a small thing, you know, so it's not like, you know, you have a bunch of companies that are willing to just support and throw money on it. It's not so easy to do that. It's possible, but, like, mm. yeah, I haven't quite planned out anything yet, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to figure out my own life at the moment and, like, For get sure, back. yeah. Well, that's, that's the most important thing, uh, take care of yourself first and then you know take care of others i guess yeah because i feel like i kind of burnt myself out over these years like doing like all these things and just trying to like give so much and like you know and and i got back a lot as well like it's not like yeah, i just no, no, gave, of course. you know like i got back so much beautiful things that i could never even imagine you know so i'm super grateful mm. But at the same time, like, I also feel like, you know, I'm getting I'm getting older now and I have more responsibilities and, like, you know, I just have to figure out, like, life and stuff first. Yeah, find a good balance. 
Yeah, exactly. And then when I'm uh, feeling a bit more comfortable with that, then like I really like I always want to do things with skateboarding and like I would love to do more workshops and tours and like you know take more classes and things like that. But it's not so easy. Like even with the skate youth hostel skate lessons that I'm trying to start up actually because it's not really a thing here yet. Like it is sort of like a small scene already, mm-hmm. but there's not so many people that are like you know even like inquiring about them or like you know coming so it's it seems monumental sometimes you know like because you just have to do everything yourself yeah 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 and I've been doing that for the last decade so it gets a little tiring after some time when you have to push so much by yourself you know yeah well hopefully more and more people will get involved and the community will keep growing and it will reach a point where you will you won't have to do everything yourself and you can rely on other people to help you and keep developing it on their own and everything yeah definitely like that would be amazing honestly but like yeah even even for this year you kind of need a team you can't do everything by yourself is what i've realized you know doing no doing a lot by myself already so i mean i don't know i'm trying my best but let's see it's like also this pandemic and like you know like personal things that have happened have kind of just taken a toll but i'm slowly like getting back on my feet with this you know and like yeah just like having that opportunity to go on tour with the girls last December because of the skate tales uh, episode Mm -hmm. and like just doing that workshop again it just made me feel so much like I just felt good again you know yeah when is this uh skate tales episode coming out do you know or I think it should be out soon I think like maybe two weeks or three weeks or something like that oh cool yeah I'll check it out for sure it must have been fun too yeah so you met with Matt apps I'm not sure how to say his name but yeah, I think Americans say like that, Madars, Madars apps. Yeah. It was great having him over. And then also Kristen Ebeling came from Skate Like a Girl. Yeah, I saw which that. Which was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 It was amazing to have her over there because, like, you know, she knows how to do all these things already. And she's, like, super. Yeah. This is, like, her line of work as well, you know, like, doing workshops and, like, working with girls and, like, all of this stuff. So it was so great to have her around because she, like, did so much cool stuff for the workshop. And, like, she would just, like, throw in a bunch of these, like, cool ways of doing things and just like you know like giving me all these ideas it was just amazing like to have her around like I picked her brain a lot and just like yeah yeah like she shared like some cool things with me that I will also use in my like future workshops and things like that so it was amazing yeah that's rad and also just like to have her around it was unreal because as I said you know like I found whatever she was talking about like about the boys club and about like starting your own thing and like you know nobody will care as much as we care for like female skateboarding you know so it's like up to us to do the work and like bring us to a a certain place where you know we can be seen as valuable as the others you know so it was great having her around you know because I was like oh my gosh like it's you like I, <laughs> I remember reading what you wrote like all these years ago and yeah but I met her also at pushing borders and stuff oh but, yeah like, right she was there as well yeah yeah but like this time we got together was amazing because we could just sit and like talk about all these kind of things and like yeah it was just very inspiring yeah for sure so we're going to wrap it up pretty soon. I usually finish with like some friends questions that I'm going to surprise you with in a second. 
Okay, sweet. <laughs> and I just have one last question for myself that I usually ask all the guests, and it's basically what's the most valuable lesson you feel you've learned thanks to skateboarding? Uh, most valuable lesson? Oof, that's a hard one because <laughs> there's so many of them. I mean, I think, like, do not take yourself too seriously, I guess. Yeah, interesting. And just, like, yeah, just, like, keep play alive, you know. The importance of playing and having fun? Yeah, definitely. I guess, like, both of those reasons, you know, just, like, not taking things too seriously also, because in the end of the day, it's just a piece of wood with, like, wheels on it, so... Yeah, absolutely. It's not that serious. Yeah, and, like, life is pretty much similar. Like, you don't have to take yourself that seriously either, you know? So, I have friends' questions, as I told you. Okay. I'm gonna have you listen to this first one. Okay, so um, I guess my question for Atti is, uh, if you could tell us a start, like, I don't know, a time when just one of the most memorable, like, wholesome, I guess, skate moments from your travels across India, because I know that, like, from traveling with you around there, there's just been some incredible occasions where, like, locals have joined in or they've, like, let you skate a certain spot. Yeah, give us an example of one or two of those. But I bet there's, like, a hundred, because it's just... The best out there. That's uh, Helena Long from the UK. Oh, okay, 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 amazing. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, so Helena was on the second girl store that I did, which I really regret now not having a film of for. I couldn't find one, unfortunately, but yeah, she was there. She was repping it up in India, being the inspiration that she is. <laughs> <laughs> she no, is, yeah. but. Okay, so I have a few, definitely, like she says, but I think I've spoken about the previous ones already. So I'll talk to you about the latest one that happened. Yeah, please. So when we went on this tour, you know, with um, the girls and mothers also came with on this, when we were filming for the Skate Tales episode, mm -hmm. we hit up this one spot in Mysore and it was actually like, so just in India, like there aren't really those many spots, you know, so mm. it's like quite a mission. Like my friend went on Reki and he found it actually and like he took us over there. It was in a temple. Mm -hmm. So, like, usually you can't really skate temples or, like, do things like that. But okay. I don't know. These people were quite open with just, like, letting us. There was, like, this bank in the entrance of the temple. And, like, they just let us skate it for, like, a long time. Mm -hmm. It was more, more like a place of marriage. So, like, a wedding, like, an altar kind of place. But, like, usually it comes with a little temple in India. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so they let us skate that and then it was um, a program going on for this one girl who like, so in India sometimes like a lot of times actually like they'll have these ceremonies for when you come of age. Oh yeah? Yeah, so like puberty ceremony basically for girls mm -hmm. so that people know they're like mature and like ready to... I guess, get married. I don't know. So, yeah, there was, like, one of these programs happening and there were, like, a bunch of people there. And we were skating and then eventually, slowly, like, they kind of, like, started skating also. And, like, we just, like, in the end, there were, like, priests on skateboards and, like, you know, like, all these women dressed up in, like, fancy sarees. 
saris and like all these like little girls and like boys and everybody just like everybody joined in and they were all having so much fun and like we were just pushing them around on the skateboards and they had mm-hmm. so much fun they they asked us to just stay and like then they ended up feeding us and like you know it was just really bizarre because like that's just never happened before i think in india people were like skateboarders crashing a coming of age ceremony and then in the end like getting to like you know <laughs> invited to the party <laughs> yeah yeah basically <laughs> getting fed and everything yeah, yeah it was so cool it was such magic that's amazing yeah so that was super cool like very unexpected because i thought we were honestly like gonna be able to skate there for 10 minutes and then get kicked out you know but then in the end like it was a whole opposite thing that happened and they were like <laughs> taking all of our insta accounts and like just like oh like you know we will come to your skateboarding like stuff in bangalore and i was like what that's amazing like, <laughs> wow yeah so cool so you guys were filming for this uh, Skate Tales episode, so I assume there might be some footage of all this in the future episode? Yeah, you'll be able to see it when it comes out. Yeah, so it gives you a little bit more of an idea. Because you have to understand, also, these people, like, they probably have never seen a skateboard in their life, yeah, you know? Yeah, probably, yeah. And then just, boom, like, they're just getting up on it. And there was this one lady, and she had so much mojo, and she was just, like, sending everybody to the side, like, it's my, my turn, you know? She just gets <laughs> up on it and goes. And it was just amazing to see, like... Yeah, very cool. Okay, let's do the next question. This one is from, well, you mentioned her. We talked about her, Kristen Ebeling, whom I interviewed not too long ago. Yeah. So she said, what is something that makes skateboarding more challenging in India compared to other parts of the world? Are there things other skate scenes take for granted? I don't know, actually. I don't know if you guys take it for granted as such, because I feel like skateboarders are, like, just really, like, hard-working, gritty, like, people in general. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to say, like, what, you know, like, you guys in the West would take for advantage. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's just a whole different world, what's normalized for you. Like, when I was in the States visiting, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I would go on, like, trips, like, skate sessions with, like, my friends from, like, there. And they would just sort of hit up one spot for warm-up. And then you have, like, four or five other spots, like, on the list that you can just go around in, like, one day and session all these places because they're all so close by to each other. Mm. And, Like, you know, a bunch of their friends have, like, backyard, like, bowls or, like, you know, it's just, like, it's just so much accessibility. The streets are so, like, nice to skate on. Like, you can just (laughs) cruise around. Like, you know, it's just, like, there's so much accessibility to skateboarding that it just, like, gives you so much more exposure to, like, doing it. And, like, you know, that much more time spent on your board. Because, like, you can just go cruise down to the shop and just get something on your board. And then you, you get to skate different kind of like terrains as well like you know so you're just like you get better faster that way i think so like yeah yeah. yeah. accessibility yeah for sure no that's definitely something that is taken for granted in europe and in the states must be a trip to come from india and and see all these skate parks all over and yeah that was one of my favorite things to do actually is like whenever i get the opportunity to go outside to europe or america is just like pushing on the streets is like one of my favorite things to do 
because you can't really do that over here without like you know running into like potholes or ditches or like whatever like big stones or like yeah. crazy obstacles just crusty ass streets you know like that <laughs> A cow. not so fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah just like random things okay this next question this is from her name is sarah houston ah okay so here's her question. She said, India's skate culture has always been very DIY. And I'm curious if the Olympics has changed that at all with, for example, more government support and funding for parks or different perception of skateboarding in the wider community. And if there has been a change, do you think it is positive or negative? Um, interesting question. I think she's saying this maybe because she gets the idea that it's DIY because the first generation of skateboarders like me and Abhishek mm -hmm. from Holy Stoked and like a bunch of Darius and all these other guys like when we started skating there was nothing going on like so you kind of had to make it happen if you wanted to see it happen and mm -hmm. we were a bunch of stoked people like just like super stoked about this new thing in our lives and like you know we wanted to, to see something happen with it so mm. like if you want a spot you kind of have to build it yourself you know and I can't wait for the The government come and like put a spot in your city is like just not gonna happen mm -hmm. like you have to go to the government and you have to ask them you have to do all this work so like it has been quite DIY because of the first generation of skateboarders and I think that's the image that like the world has seen from us so far yeah because yeah. all these as I said you know like the younger generation just like of girls especially like they just started skating during the pandemic you know so I think the change has definitely like I can see it for sure like from the generations that started like before and then the new younger generations are like way more focused on contests and yeah. street league and like all this kind of like you know just more street skating and like even if you see like the trick selection or like style of skateboarding from the first generation skaters like we're like more like they like skating transition yeah, and like yeah. you know trick selection is a bit more old school as well and like yeah it's just for them for the younger ones it's like Like, you know, they just sort of grew up. They started with, like, already it being more, way more normalized than it was for us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's kind of funny, actually, because, you know, they'll, like, you know, just, like, be like, oh, build a skate park in to the 100 ramps, guys, or whatever, you know. They'll be like, oh, build a skate park in our city. And, like, you know, it's like, they don't, like, choose those things, you know. Just, like, they're not going around selecting, like, spots to build something on, you know. It's of just, course, like, yeah. So it definitely changed something because now it's like all about trying to be in these contests and like yeah. you know, try to go to these world skate events and, you know, be recognized in that way. So you can finally be like the champion of your country or whatever, you know. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm not condemning that because like, you know, that is like how our society in general like sees stuff as legitimate only once it's like been, you know, especially in india like contests are something that like that's like the first question i will get asked for example if somebody wants to know more about me and my skateboarding oh yeah and they'll be like so what's it like skateboarding in india and like the second almost second question is like oh are there any contests for it like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Because that's the only thing in their head that like you know is worth like otherwise why do you spend all this time going skating when mm -hmm. you know there's nothing that comes out of it in the end like they think it's bizarre you know <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... 
I think that divide between core skaters, so to speak, and uh, more sports-driven athletic skaters is a trend that's happening worldwide with the Olympics and Street League and all the contests happening. But yeah, it's interesting. Definitely. And honestly, the younger generations, like a lot of them, like they don't even, they haven't been exposed to all the things that we have and seen like all the different sides of this culture, you know. So right. for mm-hmm. them, it's kind of like their only shot at it in a way. So I can't even blame them because for them, it's like that's the only way. Like they win a medal, like one of the girls, for example, mm-hmm. uh, who came on tour with me last December, like she had to run away from her home because they weren't like supporting her skateboarding and stuff. And she had to run away, move to a different city, and then she like ended up going for one of these national level contests that like you know is affiliated with World Skate, and she won some medal over there. Wow. And then after she won won that medal, her uncle sort of like tried to like you know start the conversation in the family and make it like it's okay for her to do it because now she won a medal and there's like something you know honorable about happening. it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But like yeah, it's like it's easy for us you know like core skaters like you said to you know be judgmental towards like these other skaters but at the same time like I see like for them there's not so much of a chance to make it in any other way because it's not like you know we have a bunch of money in skateboarding in India Mm -hmm. and like there's not so much sponsorships going on where you actually get like supported financially and like all of this so Mm -hmm. like one of the girls for example was telling me you know with this certificate that I won at the contest now I can sort of apply for like government jobs and things like that you know so like I think that really helps like a lot of these folk you know who come from less privileged backgrounds okay so the next one from Lisa Lisa Jacob so she said what is the biggest challenge overcoming gender equality in India and what is your best achievement in that field or small victories towards this how much has skateboarding played a part in this journey Oh, wow. (laughs) Trust Lisa with the deep (laughs) question. It is a pretty deep one, yeah. I mean, um, I think like I said earlier, you know, like just having this whole, like what I've envisioned up for myself even or for like other girls to have, because if everybody has it, I have it. And if I have it, everybody has it kind of, you know, so Mm -hmm. just like having that like skate crew, like, you know, like those people, like in those homies that you can just like, you know, go skate with and like, they'll just like include you in things and you can do things together and they kind of understand like what it's like being like you know one of the only female skaters and like blah, 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 like being able to see that in real life and like see how these girls actually support each other and like you know skate with each other and like now they're all like you know after this trip we did with mothers then like you know now they've started like doing their own workshops and stuff back home mm. after they came to the one that I did in Bangalore yeah now they've gone back and they've started like you know started their own pages of like skateboarding in Mumbai skateboarding in Hyderabad and like you know they're starting to do workshops with the girls over there and like you know so I already feel like looking at this I'm already like wow so like it's happening like you know whether I'm doing it or not it's happening you know so yeah I think that's definitely a win in terms of that and like also just like it's just more normal so I like if I see how the guys and the girls are now and you know how it's just 
just more normalized to be a girl skater so it's not like they don't have to fight as hard you know like and they just have that much more support and like you know because it was very different 10 years ago versus now mm. so just seeing all of this and yeah it just makes me feel like something's definitely changed in a good way yeah sure. so i would consider that those things like as wins you know in terms of gender equality and things like that because there are so many more girls now and like there's a contest in bangalore that happens every year and mm-hmm. like there's still not equal prize money that goes around for oh, that yeah. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I don't participate as well because like I tried to change that and try to make it like that it was equal but then I got pushed back for that so I was just kind of like no nah, I'm not interested in taking part in this you know Yeah 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 that sucks I hope that it changes in the future and like you know just if that would happen and yeah I would consider that kind of stuff also like a win because everything is economic in the end you know so like as mm. long as we have equal opportunity then it's going to be a win for sure Mhm slow steps like she says there's not like one big thing that i can say you know but just the fact that come on like has this like even happened anywhere else in the world like that a girl gets sponsored first by like a company like vans for example mm-hmm. you know it hasn't happened but it happened in india yeah yeah so yeah. for me that's a big thing you know absolutely so this next question is audio hey atita how are you i miss you uh, the question is What was the most thing that you remember or you admired in pushing borders mammal? Wish you all the best. Shred on. Bye. Oh my gosh, is that Aram? Yes, yes, Aram. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice to hear from him. It's been so long. Yeah, Aram Saba from Ramallah in Palestine. Yeah, I miss him too. <laughs> I think the whole build that we did together cuz like our panel got to work on uh, a DIY while we were there. Oh, yeah? yeah, so before like a week before the program started, we already like got there and like we started working on that DIY. Oh, nice. called the pig barrier spot and yeah that was my highlight i think cuz it was just so nice to just spend time with like all these other skaters and builders from all around and just like get to know them better before like we went and did that discussion you know that we did finally at the pushing borders so i think the build the whole time the whole build it was just so much fun yeah it was just great cool. that was my highlight for sure yeah 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 And then yeah there was also this like really funny night one of the nights where we all like ended up just like sessioning this little wally kind of thing that mm-hmm. this guy from Belgium Hank is his name I'm not sure he bought out like a uh, wally's not walls basically like a little wall right with Trump's face on it and everything <laughs> was was okay. just like sessioning that and it was just Amazing. super funny cuz he had like I think he had like these little T-Rex arms as well that would like kind of shake when you would like get on him or something so it's just <laughs> so funny. Oh yeah, that's cool. I didn't know you guys uh, did a a build a week before the whole event at Pushing Borders, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, it was so nice. Like it was just our panel that got to do that. Okay. But yeah, it was just amazing like just spending time with like all the panelists before getting to know each other and like making that connection already like you know before we just got on stage together. It was just yeah. it was so nice. It was neat. It was a great experience. Cool. And just like building, you know, and like I love building in different locations. So it's just cool to be out in Malmo and like build a, a DIY over there like leave your mark, you know, like it's quite cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. 
Okay, so this one is from uh, Ruby, Ruby Mateja, who was hosting the panel that you just uh, mentioned at Pushing Borders. And she co-founded uh, Free Movement Skateboarding in Athens with Will Ascot. So uh-huh. she said, um, she said, Hey, Atita, since I saw that you were also recovering from an injury recently, I wondered if you'd share something that the rehabilitation process has taught you and whether it changed your connection with your body somehow. It is such a common occurrence for us skaters, and I feel like everyone's recovery process process is so unique and usually teaches us a lot i hope you're back to full strength and i wish you all the best oh thank you ruby i have actually recovered from that but like it's a lifetime sort of i hate to say the word but deformity because okay. like it's never gonna go back to normal my surgeon was just like you gotta make peace with this still pinky yeah it's never gonna be straight or like you know i can't i still can't even like clench my whole fist yet i mean i don't think it's ever gonna happen but so it's uh, on your fingers Yeah, my pinky finger. I smashed it into three pieces, basically. And then they had to, like, do surgery on me and then, like, build, like, a little scaffolding around it to support it, like, heal. Okay. So, like, yeah, that was, like, half a year ago, a bit more. So, like, the bones and stuff have healed. But it's just kind of healed, like... uh... My pinky kind of looks like a kicker, actually, if you look at it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's just, like, one of the hardest times off late because I was just I was not able to do anything I was just sitting in my whole room for a whole month almost because I had these pins in them and like they would just start to hurt like if I'd go out for more than like one two hours you know oh, yeah. and then I'd need to go back home and just like rest them on a pillow and like just like take my uh, I was just it was really difficult oh yeah I'm sure yeah but what has it taught me I mean one it's changed my relationship with my body definitely because I have to do things different now like I can't use my left hand in the same way anymore like I kind of had to relearn everything from scratch and that was like a very challenging thing to go through I guess mm-hmm. I hate to say it but like kind of has made me a little bit more scared in a way I hate that though so I think it's like an ongoing thing you know I just have to like live with it Yeah, I just have to, like, get over that fear and, like, just kind of not let it become a hindrance or an obstacle, you know? Sure, sure. Initially, when I just started skating again, like, I wasn't even, like, doing so many of the things that I used to be doing because I just didn't want to fall on it again, you know? Because I just spent the last six months just, like, recovering from it and, like, going in and out of hospitals and then all this, like, you know, physiotherapy and it was just the most painful experience I think I've had. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's definitely changed some things, but I don't know if it's for the positive, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe it's still quite fresh. So maybe in a few years from now, when you think about it, maybe you will have, you know, discovered things that have uh, helped you or... It makes me actually quite uneasy, this finger, because, like, it feels like it's stuck. Like, so it doesn't feel relaxed. It's kind of, like, always in pain. Yeah, that doesn't sound like fun, for sure. No. Are you still seeing many doctors nowadays to take care of it? or, Or is it kind of done and dealt with at this point? I mean, I had my last, uh, I kind of have to go soon for another checkup, but like it's almost done and dealt with and like he's just like, my surgeon is just like, you know, you kind of, it's just going to be like this. You have to make peace with it. You can make it a little bit better if you keep like working on it, but it's never going to be the same again. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, I've had to make my peace with that a little bit, but it's also like it takes a lo- like at least twenty minutes of my day every day, you know, because I I have to keep doing my exercises for it to like strengthen the the muscles around over there. Uh huh. I'm just like the whole day. I'm pretty much like fiddling with it, fidgeting with it, moving it, bending it, like doing all kinds of stuff to it, and it's not even like conscious anymore. It's just like I just do it, like yeah, it's part of your routine. Yeah, and it's like subconsciously, like I'll just find myself just like fidgeting with it the whole day because it feels like it needs to move. Otherwise, it just gets really stiff and it starts hurting and things like that. So yeah, it's kind of like I think it's just something I have to work with. I don't know for how long, but for yeah, sure. it's just no. But I think a lot of uh, people go through injuries like that and never fully get back to where they were before with whatever part of the body that it's involved or injured. Yeah. But then yeah, there's a part of like acceptance, and you need to just uh, accept that that's how it is now, and you have to kind of compose with it. Absolutely, and it like makes me so appreciative of like the times that I can skate, you know, because it was really hard not being able to skate for so long, and like you know, just makes me super happy that I can skate again, and like yeah, it could be worse, you know. Of like, course, it, it, can, way, it can always way be worse. Of course, of course. So this one is from Dani Abulhaba from um, Skatepal. Mm. She said, I'd like to know who has inspired and motivated the work you do around skateboarding in India. Not necessarily a skateboarder, but anyone at all. Huh. Who inspires the work that I do? I don't know. I feel like for me, like, like they say, you know, like something like whatever bothers you, you kind of have to pay attention to mm-hmm. in a way because it's it's like a message trying to tell you like what you find okay and what you don't in the world. So I think like from when I started, like, you know, this whole girls skate India and just like women, upliftment and like all of this stuff came like has a lot to do with like my mom, I think, you know. Oh, yeah growing up with a single mother and like not having like a dad around and like just also like when he was around it was just like you know he was alcoholic and he was violent and like oh, so wow. it was just like I just seen like how and like also like they come from different religious backgrounds which is like a huge thing in India because mm-hmm. people usually like don't mix so much outside of their communities so like he was a Christian she was a Hindu and like they didn't like accept that she was Hindu so like there was loads problems with that and like you know just Mm. um i don't know i think i just like saw a lot how difficult it is to be a woman over here and like got exposed to that from such a young age that like it really like made me angry you know and like it bothered me so i like i had that drive and that fire and that fuel to sort of like do something to change it in a way Mm mm-hmm Yeah, and, like, it might not have anything to do with skateboarding, but, like, I kind of just used skateboarding as a tool in a way to change, like, gender inequality or try to change it, at least. Yeah, skateboarding is kind of just the medium, but, uh, yeah, it's for a bigger purpose. Yeah, exactly. All right, this next one is an audio one. Hi, Quentin. So, just off the top of my head, my question for the incredibly awesome, amazing Atida Vagesi is what is a local way that we can care for our planet so something in skateboarding or just in everyday life one of those everyday things that we can do at a local scale that has an impact for our planet in general and how to care for our environment thank you bye this is uh, indigo willing Ah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Who's uh, from Australia, I believe, and uh, she yeah. she did an interview with you not too long ago about how to impact uh, positively the planet. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. I honestly like believe that global warming is not caused by small things like leaving this fan or light on, you know, like it's like way bigger than like one or two individuals and how they live their lives. I think it's like a whole structural thing that needs to change, like, you know, like and I don't think we as like individuals can really do that much. I think it's like more up to like big corporations and big government to like use resources and things like that wisely enough to change something about it because I don't think individuals can really do much to mm. contribute towards that and honestly like even in that article like I even said it was difficult for me to write about skateboarding and environmentalism in the same subject because I almost feel like I mean I hate to say it but skateboarding is not very environmentally friendly at all like from any angle yeah no that's very true I read your part in there and uh, I agree 100% with what you said yeah that it's very it pollutes a lot basically to skate like it's a lot of products a lot of uh i mean at the same time i wouldn't say a lot because there's not so many of it at least in india <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah but like yeah i mean on a global scale i don't know there's not so many skateboarders also in the world you know for us to be like one of the biggest uh what do you say carbon emitters yeah. but at the same time it's also like really difficult like for some things that's why my my logic is like you know where we've already figured out things like you know mud houses and like you know different kinds of like ways to build houses basically that are like way more sustainable mm -hmm. than using the traditional like concrete and bricks and whatever you know mm -hmm. like we've already figured all that out so why not we just change our whole cities into like more eco sustainable like kind of materials and then for like activities like skateboarding for example which you cannot use anything else for then kind of make like compensations you know like mm -hmm. yeah. okay here we use concrete or like you know yeah. that would be a very skate friendly world to live in but mm. yeah I mean I don't I don't really have a solution for this it's like it's so much bigger than one or two people you know like we all have to like be on the same page with this and like I don't know when that's gonna if that's ever gonna happen yeah but, yeah Well, I guess there are things that you can do individually, but as you said, it's not like it has a huge, huge impact. Obviously, bigger corporations or states, countries need to step in and deal with it, but... um absolutely and like you know i don't want to be like you know i could easily just be this like ball of hope and like try to like you know be you know like optimistic about it and like you know just sort of like be hopeful about it but at the same time like i don't believe that that's gonna happen like that so mm -hmm. i'm just I mean, I'm usually, like, I'm not such a pessimistic person, usually. <laughs> But when it comes to this, it's, like, it's so complicated, you know, and it's bigger. And it doesn't have to be, but we've made it complicated. So yeah, there's, like, so much stuff to work through before we can live in eco-friendly cities. But it's, like, it's so possible. Like, it's so, so possible for us to just change everything immediately. But, like, where is that going to happen when we still live in a, like, consumerist, capitalist society? Like, it's very difficult. Exactly, yeah. We need to rethink everything from the ground up. Yes. Okay, I have one last question for you. This is from Niku Vergese. Ah, interesting. She's my older sister. So she said, what is the last song you sang along to? <laughs> <laughs> 
what was the last song I, I mean I think it was Point and Kill by Little Sims oh okay yes right yeah I was just like just humming it yesterday actually it's funny funny that she asked me that <laughs> <laughs> yeah she knows how much I like to sing I guess well yeah let's wrap it up here thank you so much Atita yeah thank you so much Quentin for having me it's an honor that's it for my conversation with Atita Follow her on Instagram at Radiati, R-A-T-T-Y-A-T-T-Y. Follow Girlskate India at Girlskate India. Go watch the panel discussion about skate NGOs at Pushing Borders Malmo in 2019 on YouTube, as well as the first Girlskate India tour from 2015 we talked about on Vimeo. I'll put links up on my Linktree page. Thank you for tuning in. See you soon for a new episode of Beyond Borders.